Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Biggest one-day sporting event in the world, or the toughest one-day sporting event in the world, takes place on Saturday. It is the Ironman World Championships. A two, a, that 3.8-kilometer swim, 180-kilometer bike ride, followed by a full marathon. It's held on the Big Island of Hawaii on the Black Lava Fields. The best 54 professional men in the world and a further 2,000 age group athletes. We've had a rich history in the event with Erin Baker having won the race twice on the female side and Cameron Brown having had two seconds, two thirds. The red hot, well, one of the red hot favourites is New Zealander Braden Curry. He's an athlete that I rate at the highest level. He's been seventh, he's been fifth there previously. Fingers crossed he can get himself on the podium. Fingers crossed. I think he's good enough to win it. He joins us on the program out of Hawaii. Braden, good evening. Welcome. Yes, thanks, Waddy. Good to hear your voice, mate. Yeah, look, mate, um, I've been following you a little bit on social media. It sounds like the build-up to this race has been outstanding. Can I say that? Oh, social media is a beautiful thing, isn't it? It makes everything look good. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been pretty good, mate. Yeah, we've been over in Hawaii here, uh, based in Maui for the last five weeks. And uh, yeah, ticking, ticking the boxes, you might say. Mm. And now it's just a case of, I guess, putting your feet up, getting faster, not slower, and uh, counting down the days. Uh, are you nervous? Um, not too bad at the moment, eh? Things haven't built up just yet, so... Uh, I think tomorrow's probably the first day. We've got a lot of media stuff tomorrow, pro briefing, pro panel, a um, couple of other kind of interviews and stuff. So, yeah, I think tomorrow things will sink in uh, how big a deal this, this race is going to be and uh, they'll probably heighten the nerves a touch. Mm, yeah, Braden. I mean, you come in as the number one, number three seed this year. You are, are going to wear the number three number, which means you are invited to all the press conferences. Previously, you may have sort of come in and snuck a little underneath the radar. Not this time. Does that affect you, the added pressure? Um, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you always sort of – I've always backed myself, you know me, Waddy, to uh, to be at the front of the race anyway. So I've always put that pressure on myself to try and race at the front and uh, go as fast as I can. So in a way, it doesn't really change my racing style or tactics or anything. It's um, – yeah, I'll still be there to try and try and be as fast as I possibly can across that course, and um, a little bit of pressure, you know, sponsors and that. Obviously, a few more people, few more eyes on you, a um, few more people expecting you to, to be at the front of the race and, and doing well. So, yeah, if you're in a bit of a dark place and um, and hurting out the back of the course, then mm. you know that there's going to be a lot more people probably watching you than there normally mm. is, um, or there has been in the past. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a touch more pressure, but um, well, I guess we just take it mm. as a bit of a positive that. I guess people believe that you've got the ability to do it. It's a unique race. It's so much greater than the sum of its parts. The distance are brutal. As I said, 3.8 kilometres swim, 180 kilometre bike, which is supposed to be an individual time trial. That's a little bit loose these days. And then a full marathon. But you throw it in the crosswinds of Hawaii, you can have 35 degrees, 90% humidity. 
So how do you manage that? Do you just do you have to respect the course or do you just have to race your opponent? Um yeah, I mean, it is definitely a combo. Like you gotta make a call. Like you can't there's certain athletes that you don't want to let go up the road. Um so while you respect the course, you sometimes just have to roll the dice and hope it's going to be your magic day um, because, yeah, you, there's too many good guys there just to, to let the race blow apart and uh, look after yourself too much. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, obviously I know the athletes that I'm aware of who can run similar, who, um, you know, who can bike and, and then who's going to be there at the front of the swim. So, obviously, I've got that pretty pegged out and then, yeah, you got a fair idea of who are the actual bikers that you you might be quite happy to say goodbye to and see them go off and maybe make 10 minutes on you and, and feel pretty confident you can run that back in on them. Um, and, yeah, I guess these days we are a bit more calculated or with, uh, you know, the advancement of technology and power meters and temperature, core temperature sensors mm. um, and heart rates that we can we can sort of, we've got a fair idea of how hard we can actually push before mm. um, things are going to go real pear-shaped. So, yeah, there's uh, those and then obviously lots of work in the heat to try and get used to racing in this kind of environment. Mm. Yeah, Braden. I mean, you were third at the World Championships earlier in the year in Utah. Now, the reason why they had the, uh, a World Championships earlier in the year and they had to have it in Utah was because of the COVID restrictions that were still in place in Hawaii and the fact that we hadn't had a World Championships for the last couple of years. You led that World Championship for a lot of it, fell apart and sort of that last 10K ended up finishing third. I guess if there's one criticism of Braden Curry is that you just put everything out there and perhaps at times you maybe need to be a little bit more patient. Do you see it that way have you made any adjustments or is it still just going to be hey I'm going to take it to you and if you're good enough you're good enough and if you're going to beat me you're going to suffer doing it uh pretty much yeah I don't <laughs> want to change my style too much <laughs> I know it works oh, I for me it. I love I, like I knew it. The, I knew the answer I just had to ask the question <laughs> let's be honest mate I didn't I didn't finish school with a mathematic degree or anything like that so there's no point in getting too calculated um pretty much I know one thing is that when I'm hurting everyone else is going to be hurting so uh we'll take it to that place and see who can hurt the longest I guess yeah I mean it is I think it's the best saying in sport 20 miles of hope six miles of truth when it comes to the marathon you get to that wall at 30k and I guess that's where at times perhaps you have just started to fall off a little bit what have you done in training to address that um yeah I mean it's just the usual really like it's uh it's definitely been a little bit more volume in the back of the run a few more Longer sessions with some harder intensities towards the end of the run sessions. Um, a fueling's probably a big one, like just being really, really concentrated on a fueling plan for the race. Um, and yeah, just a, you know, a little bit of bit more grit maybe. Oh, I don't think you lack grit, mate. I don't think that's a weakness. Uh, I don't, I, I've never experienced anybody who knows how to suffer like you. And I've been around the likes of the Cameron Browns and the Bevan Doherty's who are hard, hard. But I think you've taken it to another level in terms of suffering. Uh, how? Look, it's all very well, isn't it, in training to have the nutrition plan. It's all very well to have it on a PowerPoint presentation. But when you're in that race and when those big boys are hitting you hard and going up the road, how hard is it to stick to the nutrition plan, knowing that if you don't, you could come undone. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It's very hard. It's uh, yeah, it is a bit of a balancing act there for a while. But I think a bit of Kiwi ingenuity has been probably my biggest strength. Um, so 
I've managed to take what we used to use as drink systems for our kayaks um, on our life jackets for a five-hour kayak race down the Waimakariri River, um, a very similar system to that, and integrate it into the front end of my bike. Um, so I've pretty much got three straws accessible all the time, which is uh, all my electrolytes and water and all my gels and then whatever else I want to put in the other bottle, whether it's Gatorade or Coke and stuff. Um, so I've always got you know, hydration and nutrition right there um, in front of me. And uh, that kind of makes things a bit easier. Plus technology these days, you know, you can always add in alerts on your Garmin that flashes up every 12 and a half minutes, tells you, reminds you to take your gels. Um, so you, you tend to be able to stay on top of that stuff a little bit easier. But yeah, I mean, when you're pushing up a hill and, um, you know, things are looking a little bit pear-shaped, you do have that tendency to forget. And I guess you just got to, try and try and be strong and, and make sure you don't miss those steps. Ten minutes after seven, uh, New Zealand Ironman champion and one of the favourites for this week's Hawaii Ironman is my guest on the programme, Braden Curry. Uh, Braden, let's, we know that you're going to be towards the front of the swim it's, and it sort of plays a typical pattern every year. That first 60 kilometres, it's going to be pretty fast. You're going to, not allowed to draft, but you need to be in that sort of front group but once you get to Harvey at about the 60 kilometres, the last 30k to the turnaround is uphill. Is that where you're expecting the first real challenges to come? Is that where you're expecting somebody to light it up? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, I think that front group is going to be pretty similar to St George, but a little bit bigger. Um, so the last World Championships. And I don't think anyone in that front group is going to be prepared to completely light it up. They're all... There's some very good cyclists in there, but they've they're probably got a bit of a cooler head on them and aren't out there just to win the fastest bike. Um, so it's it's going to be sort of, yeah, that 60, 70K into the ride when um, some of those stronger riders are coming through the race, and, and that's where you've got to decide which ones you're prepared to kind of let go or which ones you're going to have to grit your teeth and, and hang on and make sure you're within striking distance. Always remember the great German Lothar leader saying to Cameron Brown up there one year, he goes, Cameron, every year we tried to make it a bike race and every year it's a running race. And it's so true, isn't yeah. it? It is, it is. And it's a great thing to remember. You know, I've had some shocking bike rides here in the past. So I've always managed to run back into the race and that's the reality of this race. It's um, you go too hard and next minute you are literally crawling um, on the run course. So yeah, time time differentials can be brought back pretty mm. quick. Uh, so you just got to keep that in the back of your mind when you're pushing hard up, Harvey. Mm. Let's talk about the race favourite, Christian Blumenfeld. He'd probably be known to New Zealanders because he won the Olympic Games gold in Tokyo. He won the Ironman World Championships this year, as we've talked about in Utah, where you finished third. He's also the fastest man ever over the full distance. Is he the athlete to beat? Um, I mean, he, he is on paper, uh, but I don't think he's, uh, obviously he's never had the chance to prove himself here yet, uh, in these conditions. And I think it is a bit of a different beast. So, uh, he's a phenomenal athlete and they're incredibly well researched. Um, and I'm sure he feels, uh, like he's got it, you know, pretty sorted out, but, um, yeah, I think this course, it definitely will throw some spanner in the works. It's, it's definitely a bit grittier, um, than I think St. George was. And I think, uh, that bike ride. Uh, it depends if he gets exposed or not on the bike ride is the big thing. If he gets in a good group and gets looked after a bit, then um, it'll be pretty hard to beat him. But if he gets opened up and gets exposed and is out there by himself, 
uh, then, yeah, I think he's well and truly beatable. Well, one man who does know how to win this race, and you went toe-to-toe to him when you finished fifth a few years back, and that is Patrick Langay. He missed those World Championships earlier in the year. Um, I mean, you know a lot about him. Uh, what sort of form is he in? What, what's sort of been the buzz around Patrick? Yeah, I mean, Patrick's been a bit quiet for a while. He, um, he had a big bike crash in early in the year and broke his collarbone. Um, so I think he's been struggling a little bit. He had, you know, for quite a few years, it was quite amazing. He made a big step up in his swim and was making that front group, um, where I think now he's sort of ending up two or three minutes behind, which puts a lot of pressure on his bike, um, to get back up into the race. So yeah, it'll be interesting, but yeah, I think if I would back anyone to run well in this environment, it's him. He can, Mm. you know, he can run a 240 every day off the bike in 35 degrees heat. Yeah. Uh, the Australians, you've got Cameron Wirth, who these days is a professional cyclist. He rides for Enios um, uh, Grenadier. I mean, you'd probably expect him to be first off the bike. How much of a lead can you afford to give a guy like Cameron? He has been fifth previously in 2019. Or is his strength, his cycling, ultimately his weakness? Um, well, he's definitely showing he can run off the bike. Um but, uh, yeah, I think at it, 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 Kona, it's never really worked for him. Um, so I would say uh, he's had a pretty busy year. He's had a couple of big tours, and uh, he's been pulled back to Ineos and, and the cycling team a few times when I think he would have preferred to have been able to focus a little bit on his Ironman racing. Yeah. Um, so I'm not 100% sure exactly how serious he's taken it. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, somewhere around that eight, eight-minute mark, uh, if anything over that, then things could get a bit tough to cho- to mm. run him down. But, um, you know, you could probably let it go out to eight minutes. Now, we've had Cameron Brown. Uh, we've had Terenzo Bizzoni finishing fifth up there. We've currently got you. You're very much waving the flag. As I said, I think you're one of the real race favourites for Saturday. And just behind you, and probably the next generation, we've got young Kyle Smith making his debut. We know how good he is over the half distance. I'd imagine you've spoken with him. How's he feeling? Where's he at? Yeah, I think he's in he's in a really good space actually. I think he's sort of he's uh, you know he's managed to work his way up in the triathlon uh, long course um, position and make a good name for himself. And he's got good sponsorship and stuff now too. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's um, he's enjoying it, and uh, I think he's just looking forward to racing his first uh, Kona and and seeing what it's all about. Um, you know, obviously he's been training with Jan, and uh, he's learnt a lot from that. And we all know that he can swim and bike uh, with the best and, and here in a lot of ways you don't have to pull off an incredible run you just have to pull off a solid run so mm. um, if there's anyone who can pull off a solid run it, it's probably him Yeah, and what are sort of the weather conditions I mean we always know it's hot we always know it's like racing in a hairdryer more importantly I guess the one thing that everyone's always looking for how bad are the crosswinds going to be out on the back part of the bike course Oh, hopefully real bad. Hopefully it's a real shit fight. Look, in a very platonic way, I love you, Braden. I love the attitude. Hey, we probably should just go through a few whatanisms um, just for you. So you're not going to confuse ability with ambition on the weekend, are you, Braden? That doesn't apply to you. No, not me, mate. Yeah. No, definitely. I know what I'm capable of. Yeah, this week you're not going to put two-stroke in the Ferrari? Oh, I like to run on uh, pure uh, oxycetylene, maybe some av gas or something. So we'll see how we go. Okay, um, I'm just trying to think else what I normally say. Uh, oh, yeah, just remember the marathon: twenty miles of hope, six miles of truth. Yeah, hundred percent. That's where I live. Yeah. <laughs> um, every year they try and make it a bike race, and every year it's a running race. You got that one? 
I've got that one. That one's yep. a good sticker. Yeah, I'll and, remember that. And just remember when you're really struggling, just try and breathe through your eyelids. I got another orifice to breathe through. Yeah, no, just just, just checking you got those ticked off. Now, Braden, your sponsors, I want to give you an opportunity to promote those and leverage those because I do appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's always a big part of what we do. They definitely make uh, our life a little bit easier. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Red Bull, New Zealand, Felt Bikes, um, yeah, Flight Centre, um, I mean, the list goes on these days. So, so be there. You must have an eyewear uh, sponsor. Follow along in the week. I got an Oak, Oakley. Yeah, Oakley's there. They don't pay very well, mate. Much money, though. So, you know, not worth mentioning them. It's oh, only old Greg Welsh. You would oh, remember Welsh. Oh no, no, no. Welsh is a good man. First, first non-American to win the race. <laughs> exactly. First non-American to win the race in 1994. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. He was so beaten by. Around. Yeah, no, he was. Great man. Yeah, no, he was. Um, yeah, beaten there by the Grant Mark Allen. And I'm I, just wishing you were here on the mic, mate. Well, I Not did. I actually did the race in '93 when Allen and uh, Mark Allen and um, yeah, the boys went toe to toe. And I always remember Greg Welch being really sort of that typical cocky Aussie and Welch and Mark Allen yeah. talking about how you need to respect the island and yeah. And at the end of the day, Mark Allen probably had the right <laughs> philosophy. Um, I'd love to be on the mic up there anyway, mate. Hey, look, lovely to have you on the program, Braden. I know that it's a really busy week and and things are going to heat up and ramp up. But look, mate, I've got a lot of belief in you and um, I certainly not afraid to tell anybody how hard I think you are. I think it's your time, mate. And I do wish you all the very best on uh, Sunday morning, New Zealand time, Saturday morning, Hawaii time. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can pull out. Brilliant. Thank you. There it is. The great Braden Curry. Uh, I think, uh, what is he, five-time New Zealand coast-to-coast champion. So he won two or three New Zealand Ironmans now, put a Tauranga half three times. Um, he's won the Kens Ironman, and he's been third at the World Championships earlier in the year. He's been fifth and seventh in Hawaii.